I think that the issue is not even talked about here. There's not really much research done on burnout or mental health issues amongst Dutch midwives. The only article I could find was from 1997. But we do know that there's lots and lots of colleagues that stop prematurely, I think, from my classmates for the last few years. I already heard of a few that already quitted. Welcome to Contractions, a podcast about the politics of midwifery, wherein we labor through political ideas, contract utopic visions into our ears, and where every pain brings us closer to better birth. In our fifth contraction, Majaisa Weiber makes a plea for midwifery self-care. As an almost graduated midwife, she notices a continuum between the stress we put on our students and the stress we put on ourselves. She speaks out about our lack of resistance in the form of self-care and care for our students and raises awareness about the mental health of midwives and midwifery students. Do we know how to take care of ourselves? And what kind of effect does it have if we do not? on the midwives that we aim to be and the midwives that we train. Majaisa is now doing her final internship in midwifery. She's a doula and is regularly involved in feminist and anti-racist activism in the Netherlands. My name is Rodante. Today it is International Day of the Midwife, which is why we labor with the midwife-to-be towards our own empowerment. This is Contraction 5, Self-Care. I started my midwifery journey quite some years ago now. And I think within this journey, I've been confronted with myself and the work field in several ways. Um, One of which was struggling with my mental health quite heavily in my second year in Amsterdam. I got in a pretty severe depression and had to quit for a little bit. And then I started again, but still was struggling quite a lot with, well, firstly, there not being much space for mental health, especially in the internships, not much space for... Um, struggling in itself, not much space for struggling with the workload and maybe needing more rest and sleep. (laughs) And I think that probably in the past year, I've been on quite a journey in dealing how to deal with myself, but also with midwifery work. And I mean, I have had therapy, of course, to start with, but I've also had EMDR therapy and trauma therapy, but also have been working with a very, very lovely coach who is also a midwife. And I have been doing training in how to deal with compassion fatigue and secondary trauma. And now I'm in a really good place, actually. And... 
almost finishing my final internship, but it has been quite a journey. And I think I've been thinking about how we can, I think, for the entire workforce, take care of ourselves a bit better because I um, just can't believe I'm the only one who's struggling with it. And I also see in the people I work with, the midwives I've been interning with, that they are struggling with the same things, but we all kind of keep holding up this image that we're all fine and we're all loving what we're doing, but we're not really. But there's just not much space to talk about the struggles that we actually have. And I think that there's also this culture where it's seen as weakness if you're struggling. And while actually I think there's lots of power in acknowledging that we all are struggling because of the system. Um, I think in internships, it's just that for me, but I also hear it back from my classmates, is that there's just this continuous struggle of what people expect from you and what you can actually do and that it feels like it's always expected from you that you cross your boundaries and work really hard. And then in the same time, they you're continuously told that you should set your boundaries which mainly just drives us crazy and I mean the amount of classmates I've had in the past few years that have had depression anxiety burnout has been big and then we're talking about people that did not even enter the workforce you know then you're not even talking about the stress that the responsibility of actually working as a midwife rings and that also will have to do with the academy itself because there is lots of bureaucracy and rules and what they expect from you and um, for example I'm doing my final internship now that's 12 weeks in total Um, and it's an internship that's quite intense you're given a lot more responsibility than you are given in the in the previous three years um, so it makes it a lot more um, tiring and I actually wanted to take a break mid-internship so after six weeks I would actually like to have a break because this is my second final internship in the last one my mental health became really bad after six weeks because I was completely exhausted. And I kept going, kept going, kept going because that's what was expected from me. And I got really quite depressed really, really fast. I think in a span of one week, I was doing really, really bad. And I just noticed that that was because I was so, so exhausted after doing this for six weeks. And I think I just... After that six-week point, I just reached this point where I was like, oh my God, this is what I have been doing and I have to do it another time. So I think it was like that mid-point where I was like, how am I going to do this six more weeks? And I was just not allowed to plan one week of break in between because that was just not allowed. And that just, yeah quite got to me like you're also not being facilitating into really kind of um, setting this up in a way that allows you to get through it 
in a way that fits you. In midwifery or in the medical field in itself, we're very good in doing things because that's how we always done them. And I think that's the same for midwifery education. I think that lots of midwives have been treated this way during their internships. And that's what they expect to see from you. And even though they had very difficult times or they were struggling themselves, they got through that and that that's what made them the midwife that they are now. So that's what probably will also be good for you. And as sometimes we're also not good in giving individualistic care to the people we care for, we're also not super good at doing that for the midwifery students. Not having the time to process stress, struggle or mental health issues during internships does not only teach us not how to take care of ourselves, but can also have a detrimental effect on others. One of the stages before burnout is compassion fatigue. And I've never heard of it before until I followed that training. But... um, Compassion fatigue is a state of significant depletion or exhaustion of midwives um, that kind of stores their compassion, resulting from repeated activation over time of empathetic and sympathetic responses to pain and distress in patients. So it's like a state where you have been giving so much but have not received as much And you just can't give more. And sometimes you can notice that you're just not as responsive to other people's pain or um, their questions maybe or the state they're in because you simply don't have the capacity anymore. And this is something I have been noticing in myself um, in the episode I just described where I got where my mental health was really deteriorating because I was just simply exhausted. And I think that this could be a possible cause of obstetric violence sometimes because we're also just humans, but somehow the system does not allow us to be. And then sometimes we snap or sometimes we don't have space to react to people the way we should And I would just like for us to have, well, to have a system where we as midwives feel like we can actually express ourselves in the work we do. Because I do think that midwifery work is something that you could possibly lay all your heart and soul in and so much love also. I think midwifery, um, you could put so much love into midwifery and I think the current system just does not allow us to do that but it is something that we actually want to do and us not being able to is probably what leaves us feel so depleted and exhausted and then eventually burned out and I think that there should be no shame in admitting that you need to rest Uh, If you have a very busy shift, you can't just continue, especially because birth is something so important, so intimate, sacred almost. Like it's it's almost an offense that we think that we can guide that process 
when we feel depleted, exhausted and don't have space for somebody else's feelings. But can we even do better? Or are we just stuck in an impasse dictated by health insurances and neoliberal capitalism? We could definitely do it better than we do now. Um, For example, the amazing midwife that coached me, Rada Wilson-Jeffries, she thought of a, a module... A coaching module where she coaches you to deal with all these things and all the things we are struggling and I think during the sessions I did with her there were so many times where I just cried out loud if only this was part of the midwifery education and I think that it has to do with the issues not being properly acknowledged and I think that We need more space to even start talking about what this is and to acknowledge that we need to empower midwifery students to to go through this. And um, I think we only just started talking about obstetric violence as an issue and people that have have been traumatized by their birds. That That whole conversation, I think, has been only really started in the last five years in the Netherlands. And then now we also have to start talking about what our story is in all this. In order to tell our story in all of this, it is necessary to feel that story first, to break our shell, be vulnerable, and also to understand the bigger structure responsible for the story that we are living today. Um, The books of Brené Brown have been bringing me so much and what she says about vulnerability... That's a very difficult word. (laughs) Vulnerability. (laughs) What Brené Brown says about vulnerability and um, the courage to be imperfect, um, to be kind to yourself. um, That's, I think something we as Dutch midwives could really, really benefit from because that whole, um, yeah, the whole thing, the whole vicious circle we're in with wanting to keep up appearances, kind of numb out our vulnerability, um, let everybody think we're this big, strong person that never gets touched by anything. That's actually not only, you know, numbing the vulnerability, um, close to us out but it's also numbing everybody else out including our clients because if I'm not allowed to be touched by the workforce that is pressing on me I'm also not allowed to be touched by you Uh, it's very hard to be selective in what's going to touch you and not so what happens mostly is that you just get very hard and get this very tough shell and you're not being touched by a lot of things and I think Well, what I've been learning about midwifery in the past years, I think that that's a really big shame. I think that we as midwives need to be so sensitive so many times. And then to me, it's just mind-blowing that that same sensitivity is something that is seen as a very negative trait to be a midwife so many times. I mean, the amount of times that midwifery mentors in my internship have been telling me that I'm too sensitive. 
I could count, I don't think two hands are enough or um, that you're too soft or you need to toughen up a little. And that to me is also such patriarchal talking. And I think that lots of us don't even realize that. And also what goes through my mind when I'm talking about topics like this is like how how drenched midwifery is, even though we don't want to, how drenched midwifery is by patriarchal structures and patriarchal thinking and how we have been influenced so much by, well, the big force that is the medical establishment. And it's not a surprise because we as midwives have been oppressed by that force and I think for me to be studying the historical context of the profession of midwifery has been helping me so much to understand where we are and how we got here and what we need to get better and I think what we need is definitely to decolonize and to free yourself from patriarchal thinking and patriarchal structures. And I think so many things that I hear back from midwives or I hear back sometimes in the feedback I'm getting is very much originated from those kind of thinking structures. And I hope that we can have conversations about this and how that influences us and try and do better. Um, I think this quote by Mavis Kirkham is just very, very strong and helps me to understand a bit better what is happening and what impact it has on us. She says that the dominance of midwifery by medicine, so historically, has led midwives to cope by internalizing the values of the power holders, so the medical institute. This contributes to a culture in which power lies with the professionals. Relationships are not valued and midwives feel undervalued as both women and carers. And I think that quote really, for me, really tells me what is happening. And I really hope that we can undo that (laughs) and kind of reverse it, that we can realize what is happening and acknowledge that oppression led us to get to where we are now and i believe that self-care is a big step in that we could do better by focusing less on empowering women and focusing more on being resistant to the system through self-care in midwifery, we talk so much about empowering women and how to prepare them. But I think that the only thing we can really do is empower ourselves. And by empowering ourselves to be strong, independent, confident midwives that have self-compassion and know how to take care of themselves is probably going to set the best example for the people we care for to do the same. For pregnant people to say, hey, oh, my midwife knows how to care (laughs) for herself. Maybe I could do the same. And I think setting an example is such a more... um, 
I think setting an example is so much stronger than thinking that we have something to empower women. I think that it's so much powerful if we take care of ourselves and then change the system and allow the people we care for to take their power in that system that cares for them. And for example, somewhere in the middle of my midwifery journey, I had a leap year where I did a doula training. And in a doula training, that was actually the first place where I got taught how to take care of myself around birth. So um, most doulas have a self-care ritual after birth. And I remember thinking like, but why do they feel such need to take care of themselves? Because, I mean, not to um, to talk down on doulas, but they don't do nearly as much bird work as we do. Uh, uh, a doula on average guides like three to four birds a month and the guidance is not nearly as um, heavy as ours. Like We carry such a more heavy responsibility and I was thinking like I mean are they being whiny or are we doing it so wrong (laughs) and I think it's definitely the latter so it blows my mind that we do sometimes I mean there are shifts where you do maybe two or three birds back to back and then all we do is go to bed and go on with it and that's just not only not respecting ourselves and our skills and what we have to bring to a birth, but also I think disrespecting birth in, well, the rite of passage that it is for birthing people and the life-changing, intimate event that it is. And I would just love for midwives to also set a self-care ritual in place for them to replenish themselves and be able to be open again because um, I think if you do guide birds eh, the way they should be it does ask so much of you and I hope that opening this conversation and allowing ourselves to reflect on the way we do midwifery and the way we take care of ourselves and what we actually need to be able to be midwives, to ask ourselves if we actually like the way we do midwifery now. Does it actually make us happy? Like, do we drive back from a birth and be in the car and feel this oxytocin high because... You know, you really have been been there, fully have been there with the couple you've been guiding. Or do we just haste off to go, go do six other postpartum visits because that's, you know, what we have to do. I just hope that we can think about that a bit more. Okay, so we can empower ourselves through self-care. But can self-care really still be seen as political activism? I don't okay, I don't think that we're gonna be able to change the system in the next five years. But in the meantime, I think we have to start talking about okay, when the systemic changes are not there, 
what are we going to do and how are we going to make this better for us? Because I do think that wanting too much all at once or uh, can maybe feel a bit more overwhelming or that there has been lots of focus on the systemic changes we need. And maybe it can help to talk about what we can do in the meantime. And I think that topics like battling compassion fatigue and burnout, growing towards self-compassion, self-kindness, making more space for rest for midwives normalizing needing rest i think i mean one of my favorite instagram accounts is the net ministry um, led by an afro-american women woman that ask attention um, for black people taking naps because that in itself is a revolutionary anti-racist anti-capitalist idea and Yeah, her idea is naps as activism. And I really, really love that. And I think that, yes, rest can be seen as anti-capitalist activism because it is literally going against the stream of what this society is built on at the moment. And um, I wholeheartedly believe that Self-care is an act of political resistance. Thank you, Audre Lorde. Um, and I think that self-care implicates that we are worth to take care of. And even when that is not profitable or not efficient, um, I think that by caring for ourselves, valuing ourselves enough to take care of ourselves, um, being kind and compassionate to ourselves goes against the machine that is capitalism. And I would love for us to make more space for those kind of feelings, but also love for ourselves, for our clients, for the work we do, the skill we have, and birth as that rite of passage it is. Because we have been oppressed, you need that political act of self-care to kind of get back from that. And I think that's also why the net ministry is so powerful because it focuses on black people. I think we have to acknowledge what it is like to be an oppressed group over a very long period of time, what kind of influences that has on us. And I think we have not been doing that enough as midwives. And I also think that is even more because we are mostly women and because there are so many intersections happening within midwifery and so there's oppression because we're women but there's also oppression because we're midwives and we're historically seen as not as good enough as the doctors while we have been the dominant caregivers we have been the primary caregivers for birthing people for ages. And we carry the wisdom that has been the proper wisdom for as long as time can tell. But because of misogyny and colonialism, that has been devalued. But we have to take that back. And I think that valuing ourselves, taking care of ourselves, and then take on changing the system can be 
the first step. Um, but also normalizing having a self-care ritual. What do you need after a birth? What do you need to take care of yourself and that could be mindfulness it can be getting a massage it can be taking a long bath it can be therapy i would love to normalize therapy for midwives without feeling like you need to get to a burnout or a depression to go there we could propel change through self-care by implementing it already in our midwifery training. Teach students how to take care of themselves, but also teach them what kind of power struggles and history are at play in the field wherein they will have to work. Through education and midwifery training, students and teachers can together learn how self-conscious, self-caring and self-loving the midwife of the future can be. We need to talk about this and normalize it. And I hope that that can already start within the Midwifery Academy, um, that we can teach midwifery students how to take care of themselves. Because that's what I hear, all my classmates. It's something that keeps coming back from, um, why does, no, <laughs> does nobody prepare us for this? Um, I would really hope that in Dutch midwifery education, we will go towards giving students a more critical view of the system and a more underlaying theoretical context of what midwifery is, a historical context of what this profession went through, um, why we are where we are at now, because that helps you to understand what is expected from you why things are the way they are. And I think that because lots of students don't really understand and then it is just the way it is and you have to accept it or you're weak and you're not fit for the job, it makes it really, really difficult. But I think that the minor program I did at the University of Nottingham and getting all this context and knowledge, it really helped me so much to think, oh, but it is really difficult. It's not just me that's being not fit for the job. Um, that really, really helped me to normalize what I am struggling with and also then being vulnerable about my, uh, around my peers and then them feeling more safe to also be vulnerable and everybody admitting, oh, but we're all really struggling. And I think there's so much power in that. Um, my self-care ritual after birth, to start with, is much more difficult in a busy practice because I also notice, for example, now, um, if I come home from a birth and I know tomorrow I'm going to have a full day of on-call shifts, we have eight postpartum visits, I'm just going to go to sleep and get on with it, even though I'm conscious about this. But I also had an internship in a caseload practice where I actually had time for my self-care ritual. And then my ritual would be a bath, a long, hot bath. Um, I think for me, essential oils help me relax 
some lavender. Um, I do mindfulness meditations. Um, that is actually a ritual that for me is very easy and um, I can easily also fit in the busier days. So uh, a little wind down before I go to bed to let go of the day and not go to bed sleeping even stressed because I do notice my sleep is also very much influenced by busy internships. In the past, I would really wake up being stressed about things I experienced during the day or thinking I forgot something, uh, sleeping in a very anxious way. And for example, a five or 10 minutes wind down, a little mindfulness exercise before I go to bed really helps me let go of the day and then sleep much more sound. Um, things I also really love to do is journaling, writing everything down, processing what has been happening. That really helps me. And I think having a support system around me, have some midwifery friends that I know I can call during the day um, or during the night even to talk it through with somebody that understands what it is like, um, what you're experiencing. I think, yeah, that really, really helps me. Thank you for being with us through our fifth contraction. If you want to give us continuous support, strengthen our moaning and care for us like a true midwife by being present and listening in during our birth pangs, then please stay with us for the next one. Like and subscribe. Leave a review and circulate this podcast to your midwifery contacts. We will be back about the global politics of midwifery with ICM President Franca Cadet next month. <laughs>